Thank you so much for joining me today on Just Praise Him Radio. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and my job is to inspire you to a closer walk with Christ. Now here's the show. Hello, believers. Welcome to the Just Praise Him radio program. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and the title of my message today is a little bit strange, but it's called Teach Them to Suffer. I'm going to start by reading you some verses from Romans chapter 5. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Some weeks ago, may have been, I think it was over a month, um, I was searching for my next podcast subject, and I was just kind of hoping to find something to get an early start. And I happened to think of this subject of suffering because I'd been reading about it on various mornings in my devotional time. And I started kind of studying it a little bit, looking up the word meanings and things like that and making notes. I just thought that maybe at some point in the distant future, I might teach something that had to do with it. And then I began to ask about what my podcast was for the next week. And he said, teach them to suffer. And I was like, "Uh, Lord, did you just say teach them to suffer? There is a right way and a wrong way to suffer for me, and I desire you would teach my other children the right way. So I'm going to read you what what came next, and this is the word for today. The earth will soon be filled with suffering. I desire my people would suffer in a way that glorifies me and instills faith in my other children and that inspires belief in unbelievers. My children, your complaining and your weariness do not glorify me. I know your paths are more difficult now, but where is your praise of me? Where are your prayers for lost souls? Are you so focused on your own suffering that you have forgotten these things? Okay, let's define suffering. To experience suffering or to suffer means to experience pain, or as Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines it, in part, distress, suffering, misery, agony. Every one of us has experienced suffering of one kind or another. Some of you have experienced many types of suffering. Suffering is part of our human experience, and no one, no matter how much they have, no matter how wealthy they are, no matter how handsome or how beautiful they are, no matter how charmed their lives seem to be, everybody experiences some suffering. Some who spend their lives making everyone else miserable will eventually experience much suffering as they are activating Galatians 6-7 that says our God is never mocked. So don't fret if someone has done you wrong. That means they are already on God's payback list. And he is very exact when he pays them back for hurting his children. So the opposite of suffering would be not to suffer, but to experience great well-being, happiness, joy, peace, and no pain. 
we sometimes get to experience a little of that as well while we're on the earth. Some people get a lot of that, I think, but I don't know who they are. Sometimes even for long periods of time, if their lives are extremely blessed. And I'm happy for them. I think that's great. Anytime the subject of suffering comes up among Christians, it always begs the question, why would a loving God allow suffering? I want to read you a story I found on the subject of suffering when I was researching it that was told by another preacher was something that he experienced because he says some things that help us make sense of suffering. Okay, starting here. You all know a few weeks ago, my grandfather died. I don't think I have ever experienced loss as great in my life before. I sat with him on the Saturday before he died. I had written him a long letter the week before telling him how much I loved him and how he had influenced my life. The last words he spoke to me were to follow Christ and all would be all right. I had to fly to Uganda the day of his funeral. You know, I would not have chosen that to be the time he died. I would not have chosen for him to become sick and bedridden over the past few months. Yet without that, I would never have sat down and wrote him that letter. I would never have had the opportunity to talk with him about Jesus, to pray with him, to hear him witness from his deathbed to my cousins. My aunt would never have heard him singing, what a friend we have in Jesus. But his suffering, I did not understand. His suffering was not as a result of any sin other than old age. Did God send it? I don't know. Did God allow it? Yes. Did God use it? Yes. For his glory and the furtherance of his kingdom in my life and in the life of many within my family. I have been connected with, and he named their ministry, for over nine years. In those years, I have sat with many of you through painful and pain-filled experiences. I have been at the hospital bedside when someone has died. I have sat while we prayed and worried through an illness. I have sat with you and listened to personal tragedies, personal pains, and personal sorrows. This has been the privilege of my life. So what I want to say this morning to you all concerning suffering, I do so conscious of the amount of suffering and pain that is in this family of God. I am very conscious of the fact that many of you have endured more than most in this family will ever experience in their lives or will ever know in their lives. The pain of suffering for all of us is real. We are not to ignore it nor dismiss it, but we are to Listen for God's voice in it, because sometimes it is the only way he has of getting our attention, and because it is the only voice which matters in the face of suffering, because he alone has the answer to it. So this morning, I pray with all my being that you hear God speak to your soul in this area of suffering, end quote. So as I was typing up this message, the Lord showed me. There are multiple people who are hearing this podcast, probably at different times, that you have not been repentant in your lives. You have been judgmental, judging everyone around you, but thinking you are okay, even mocking, thinking you get everything right, thinking you are not that bad. The Lord says to you now, I see the thoughts and intents of your hearts. I see that you are not who and what you pretend to be that you are not loving, you are not kind, you are hateful and vengeful in your heart. You are in grave danger of hellfire in that condition. 
Soon you enter a season of suffering yourself, that I may speak to you in the dark night of your soul, that I may try yet again to lead you into repentance, to fill you with my love, that it may be shed abroad in your heart towards others. You refuse me at your own peril in this matter. Consider now how you will answer, for your time on earth is much shorter than others you know, and your end will come suddenly without warning. Repent while there is yet time for you. But the God of all grace, who hath called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. That's 1 Peter 5.10. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. That's Romans 8.18. In our human nature, we try to avoid suffering as much as we can. We prefer not to even think about it. Isn't this the truth? Do you not always want to change the channel when the commercials about starving children come on? Nobody really wants to think about suffering. Nobody really wants to talk about suffering. We want to think on happier things, don't we? But is life not filled with both good and bad times? We know how to rejoice in the good times. But do we know what to do when times are no longer even as good as they are now? Because we do know that worse is coming. There are examples in the Bible of people, even patriarchs, who endured much suffering that was not their fault. We can look at their examples. How did they behave when they were faced with pain and hardship? We can learn from them. I think my favorite example is Joseph. As you read his story over and over again, you keep seeing new facets in it. Joseph knew how to suffer quietly. Before we talk about specifics of suffering quietly, let's talk about something else. What is the opposite of suffering quietly? Throwing a fit over whatever's happening, taking your pain and frustration out on everyone else, talking about how miserable you are to everybody who will listen. I've done that before. Talking about how hard the enemy is attacking you. After all, let's face it, we all get attacked. It comes with the territory, okay? So you're not special because the devil's attacking you. I'm just saying. Complaining, complaining, complaining. Also, to everybody who will listen. I've done that before, too. Repented of all that. These are things the Lord has impressed me. Do not please him when we are suffering. Those things right there. So what did Joseph do? I'm not going to give you the whole story of Joseph. We're just going to touch on this. I've taught on him many times. What did he do? When he went from being the favorite son of a very rich man to being sold into slavery by his own brothers, he submitted. He didn't fight. He did not fight back. In anything that we can see he did not fight back in the situation. He trusted his situation entirely to God as he knew he had no control over what was happening to him one way or the other. He was probably chained to a cart and made to walk across that desert into Egypt, I believe it was, when he, where he was sold to Potiphar by those who, were, who purchased him. You don't have any control when you're chained to something like that and just drug along, okay? So you might as well just be quiet and go along with it. So whatever is going on, we can humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and say, Lord, I don't know if you have a purpose in this, but I, you know, I hope you got some kind of good going to come out of it, but... If you have a purpose in it or if you don't, I'm submitting the whole situation to you. And I'm just going to be quiet and I'm going to believe you to do what needs to be done. 
We can refuse to wallow in our misery. We can refuse to complain and make everybody we talk to miserable as well. If you complain, you remain. You, you, when you complain, you decree your misery into the atmosphere. You speak it and your words have power. So you get to keep it until you learn to decree something else. Stop decreeing what you don't want to establish. I've had to tell this to myself. I don't know how many times over the years, and I finally got better at it. I think this is part of why the Lord wants us to learn to suffer quietly. So we don't prolong our own misery. We can learn that you're not going to get to have all the answers. He's not going to answer all your questions. Okay. He's not ever going to tell us everything we want to know. And that's a, an ongoing rule, not just when you're going through stuff. In short, we can learn how to suffer in a way that God gets glory from it. And that is a good example for other Christians to follow. Suffering always begs the question, why does God allow his children to suffer? Why does a loving God allow anyone to suffer? People always ask that question. A lot of people who don't believe in Jesus don't believe because they see suffering in the world. Do they go, well, if there's really a God, he would allow that. Does it say any place in the Bible that we will never suffer again once we give our lives to Christ? No, it does not. It pretty much says the opposite. In fact, in 2 Timothy 3.12, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Okay, persecution is one form of suffering. Now, let me repeat again 1 Peter 5.10, But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. Okay, look at that. It says that after we've suffered a little while, he will perfect us. He will make us perfect. He will perfect us. He will establish us. He will make us stronger and he will settle us like he'll calm us down in that place. Okay, that's a lot of promises just for going through suffering. So y'all keep that in mind, 1 Peter 5.10. That's, he's given us a lot of promises in that. So what does it mean to suffer quietly then? It means to feel all that pain, that agony, the misery, the, you know, the wondering and, and wondering why, you know, God's not telling you what's going on. And I've been there, y'all, in the wilderness. Read my book. I've been there. I went through that same thing. Like, why is he not telling me anything? What's going on with my life? To feel all of that without screaming, without going off on people, and without complaining. And that's real hard. It's real hard for us women, too. We process everything verbally. So it's really hard for us. So we just got to be real quiet. Most of the time when you observe someone suffering quietly, you are observing a person who does not have their mind on themselves. Keep that in mind. If you can keep your mind off yourself when you are suffering, it will help you tremendously. Find somebody else that needs help with something and help them and don't think about your own stuff. It will help you. It'll help you get through it without decreeing stuff you don't need to be decreeing. In life, anything that we focus on seems bigger. If we focus on our misery, it grows in our estimation. It looks larger. The more we look at our misery, the more acutely we feel the pain of it. It is only in keeping our eyes on Jesus that our pain lessens and that we start to see a way through the storm before us. 
while we are fretting, complaining, and throwing fits, we're not going to be shown any way through the storm. We're going to stay in the storm because we're taking the storm in. Okay, let me make a few suggestions of things to do to counteract your suffering. Suffering brings heaviness on us. You know, you ever going through something real bad, you don't feel light and carefree. You feel heavy. You feel oppressed, don't you? For the spirit of heaviness, the word says we have the garment of praise. How do we put on the garment of praise? We put it on by praising him or singing praise to him. If you have a favorite praise song or worship song or something like that, keep those things close at hand. So when you're feeling down, you've got something to fight back with. That's a very, very powerful way to fight back, by the way, praise and worship. When I don't know what else to do with the situation, when it is so bad, I don't know what to do. I start praising. Meanwhile, I'm finding my favorite worship music and I kick it into high gear. At least part of our times of suffering is usually attributable to the enemy of our souls. Praise coming from our mouths steals the enemy because it confuses him. Because he's sitting there going, okay, I hit him as hard as I could. And now they're praising and he don't know what else to do. So he just, he just like freezes in his tracks. He don't know what to do. Also, at least part of our times of suffering are usually attributable to our own wrong turns or our own sins. So keep that in mind too. You definitely don't want to be going around complaining about that. You need to be praying and asking the Lord to help you do better. Okay, our suffering will end more quickly if we just shut up and stop complaining. Otherwise, we establish our miseries by complaining and then we prolong how long we're going to be like that. And nobody wants to do that when they are suffering. Remember that he said he wants us to suffer in a way that glorifies him and, and instills faith in his other children. When I was going to the church in Louisiana, there was a man who went there. In every service, every Sunday, if he was there, he was when worship started, he was face down on the floor in the front of the church. That was every Sunday. You never saw him do anything else. He was on his face praising God. A true man of God. His name's Terry. And he is a very positive, upbeat person. He has a very unique ministry. And I love what God gave him for it. He's, he also has a healing ministry he hadn't really stepped into fully yet. I think God's fixing to use him big in that. But he would always say, he would stand at the door of the church and he would say, you would walk up there, whoever's walking up there, he would say, if nobody told you they love you today, I'm telling you I love you and may God bless you. And then he would shake their hand. And it was just so cheerful and it was so encouraging. And he told me before that he did that on his jobs. He did that when he met people just going about his days. And he said, you could watch their countenance change. And I was like, yeah, I bet. Because it really cheers you up. But he is a very positive person. You cannot be negative around him. He will, he will shut you down. He will shut you down. He doesn't let you do that. And I think one of the reasons his life is so blessed, he is so blessed. Y'all, if I told you, your, your jaws would drop. His life is so blessed. And I think part of the reason that it is so blessed, not just he is devoted 125% to Christ, but also because he just is so positive and he does not let misery come out of his mouth. He does not let it come out. It's not allowed to. 
And, you know, we can take a note out of his book on that because if we don't let it come out of our mouth, it'll help us. It'll help us a lot. Okay, I want to read y'all a story before I close. It's called The Mark of Suffering. And it was written by John Stott, uh, published in The Cross of Christ in 1986. It's really beautiful. In the real world of pain, how could one worship a God who was immune to it? I have entered many Buddhist temples in different Asian countries and stood respectfully before the statue of the Buddha, his legs crossed, arms folded, eyes closed, the ghost of a smile playing around his mouth, a remote look on his face, detached from the agonies of the world. But each time, after a while, I've had to look away, and in imagination, I have turned instead to the lonely, twisted, tortured figure on the cross, nails through hands and feet, back lacerated, limbs wrenched, brow bleeding from thorn pricks, mouth dry and intolerably thirsty, plunged in God-forsaken darkness. That is the God for me. He laid aside his immunity to pain. He entered our world of flesh and blood, tears and death. He suffered for us. Our sufferings become more manageable in the light of his. There is still a question mark against human suffering, but over it we boldly stamp another mark, the cross, which symbolizes divine suffering. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Revelation 21.4 When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Isaiah 43.2 Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Psalm 34.19 and he is coming back soon to deliver us too. Until then, let us suffer quietly in a way that brings him glory and witnesses to others. That's all I have for y'all this week. Jesus bless you. Thanks for listening. Y'all have a great weekend. Thank you so much for tuning in today to Just Praise Him Radio. I hope this has inspired you to a closer walk with Christ. You can contact me by mail at my new address, JPH Inc., P.O. Box 854, Altus, Oklahoma. That's A-L-T-U-S, Oklahoma 73522. Or by email at wingsofprophecy at gmail.com. JPH is not affiliated with any nonprofit organization, church, or denomination. Does your life feel like it's falling apart around you? Are multiple things going wrong all at once? Does it seem all your comforts have been stripped away? You may have entered the wilderness. Wilderness experiences are often times of great discomfort and lack. Every Christian must pass through the desert on the way to their promised land. Find out how to go from surviving to thriving by partnering with God as He leads you in the path that will strengthen your faith and prepare you to step into your destiny. 
The Wilderness Companion will help you find out why you have been led into the wilderness. Find out the biggest hindrances to receiving the provision you need in the wilderness. Find out what the seven temptations of the wilderness are. Learn how to partner with God in His purposes for you in the desert seasons. Get your copy of The Wilderness Companion today. The Wilderness Companion by Glenda Lomax on Amazon.com in print, Kindle, or audiobook. What is in store for the once great and mighty nation of America in these end times? What is the living God saying to the people of America now? What could possibly be in store for a nation that once trusted in God, but has changed its path from following in the living God's ways to now removing Him from everything and walking the other way? In the book, No Longer Mind, you will find all the messages to America collected in one place in chronological order. No Longer Mind, Messages to an Unrepentant Nation is now available in print at wingsofprophecy.com in the bookstore tab. Get your copy of No Longer Mind today.